0: Hello, this is Ian Beckles and you're listening to Cigar City Radio. Cigar City Radio is sponsored by No Clubs and statemedia.com. Find out about upcoming concerts in Tampa Bay by visiting statemedia.com and tagging No Clubs on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Use the hashtag #weareconcerts. Here's what's coming up for No Clubs. Friday, January 11th, Minerals 25th Anniversary Tour at the Orpheum. Friday, January 18th, No Name at the Ritz Ebor. Tuesday, January 22nd, Green Sky Bluegrass at Janus Live. Tuesday, February 12th, Shut Up and Dance with Walk the Moon at Janus Live. Sunday, February 17th, Murder by Death at the Orpheum. Sunday, February 24th, A super sludgy metal show with Corrosion of Conformity, Crowbar, The Obsessed, and Mothership at the Orpheum. Wednesday, February 27th, Cypress Hill and Hollywood Undead at Janus Live. Special show Monday, March 4th, Dropkick Murphy's 2019 St. Patrick's Day Tour. Who doesn't want to see that at Janus Live? That's Monday, March 4th. Sunday, March 17th, The Noise presents Nothing More, The Truth Tour with Of Mice and Men, Bad Flower, and Palisades at the Ritz-Ebor. And Friday, March 22nd, Switchfoot is coming along with uh, our friend's colony house at the Ritz-Ebor. And then we have Friday, April 5th, The Revivalists are going to be at Janice Live. So a bunch of kick-ass shows from no clubs coming at you next year. To so check out all those shows and more, you can head to statemedia.com.
1: You're learning. you simple. You're boring. You're boring and refined. You're losing. You're marbles. They're wrong down the
2: ocean
0: Welcome to Cigar City Radio, episode number ninety. The song you just heard was "Blue Sunrise" by Jackson Boone. It's from the album Organic Light Factory. Super great record. Check it out. I'm your host, Randy Ojeda, and making the magic happen, Jason. Randy, have you ever with toothpaste? Uh, why? why like do a, I even give you the flat steady platform? mixture? Why of do toothpaste and water? It's minty fresh, man, and then you smell amazing, you know? I don't know why I let you do this. <laughs> I mean, whose idea was it to give you a microphone? <laughs> it's no, a horrible idea. No, it no. no, was a great idea. No, me. no, no. Our guest on this episode is Boston-based electro-folk duo Tall Heights. They were in town a couple months ago. This episode's been in the can for a little while, and we're finally getting it out. Uh, they were opening for Colony House at the Orpheum, so this was recorded upstairs at the Orpheum while Colony House was doing some sound checking. So you might hear a little bit of that. Um, but they're really nice guys. It was a really fun interview. Hopefully they'll come back to Tampa soon so we can do uh, a little bit longer of a chat. Their new album, Pretty Colors for Your Actions, is out now on Sony Music. I don't know if you've ever heard of that company, Sony. What's a, what's a Sony? Yeah, I think they make uh
2: missiles. Music?
0: No, mostly missiles. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't think I had any Sony devices at home. No. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, Sony's not a very common thing. Yeah. It's not a, you know, it's not a popular name. Must be a new company. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, check out their new album, Pretty Colors for Your Actions, out now. You can find them online at tallheights.com or at tallheights on the socials. So, here it is, episode number 90. We're in the upstairs area of the Orpheum Colony House is getting ready to sound check behind us so you might hear them a little bit. We're sitting with Paul and Tim from Tall Heights who are playing tonight and have a new record coming out like next week, right? Yeah, a week from Friday. Yeah, it's October 5th is the new record. Yeah. And uh, so are you so what's the, what's the plan then? Like what is the lead up to this new record? Like what's the next week going to be like for you guys?
1: We're on the road. Um for the next few days. And then we head home for actually the week of release. We'll be doing some press stuff in New York and uh, getting ready for the release tour, which comes soon after that. That's cool. Press stuff in New York. What
0: does that, what does that entail?
1: Um, Some morning TV, some interviews like this, some radio stuff. That's fun. That's awesome. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you
0: know, I could see how it could get boring after a while. You yeah, know, no, you yeah. probably asking the same questions and no yeah. having having conversations like this
1: is great. Like when we're interacting with, with somebody who is of of like mind and and somebody we can connect with and everything. That's all great. I think the thing that really gets our goat is like driving
0: around Manhattan looking for parking four sure. times in the yeah. same day. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, that's kind of a, the 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 particular downfall of manhattan is the uh, is having to find a place to park having a car in, in new york is just not a good idea at all yeah so but, but when you're a band and you have gear and other things that need to be hauled there's not really a way around it
1: yeah and the bottom know. line is at the end of the day if we can spread our music and share it with different people and new people that's what it's all about for us so it's worth
0: it in the end yeah yeah and i've been i've really been digging the new single uh, midnight oil Um, which I've had in rotation for quite a a while now since it came out. And I was wondering, like, if it's that... Because that song is a little bit more, has a little bit more of, like, an electronic touch to me. Like, it's got, like, the backing track and stuff like that. Is that something that we can hear, we can expect to hear more of from the new record? Is it going in a more electronic-y direction?
2: I mean, you're hearing some electronic drum samples there for sure. But in general, this record um, has more of a a live and... uh, breathing feel to it. Uh we did it with a band for the first time. You know our previous cool. record was much more of um an in the box electronic um experiment and uh in a lot of ways pretty colors was a reaction to that.
1: Okay, right on. Yeah, so, so even even some of the electronic stuff you're hearing is is human performed and um yeah. So in and also in that song I think that's a great one to sort of pivot us from something that was very electro uh, as Paul said, in the box, um, sort of nerdy, just a few guys in a small room copy pasting things. Yeah. Like uh, the verses of Midnight Oil definitely bring us from that element of Neptune. And then the chorus pops into a very live kind of golden age of disco sort of groove. And uh, we wanted it to be really snappy and live and uh, in disco. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I definitely get that disco feel from it. And I love that. Um, I love that you're working with a live band because it really, I feel like the whole thing just sounds so much bigger, you know, like it's its a bigger presentation, if you will.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and I also think that uh, being able to trace things as a performance, as a single performance with your ears, like, okay, these are the drums beginning to end, this is the bass beginning to end, like... committing to a performance of that just creates something that's much more cohesive and energetic than when you are doing something that is really fun and creative, but also solitary and,
0: uh, Sort of like Frankensteiny. Yeah. So, t- so tell me a little bit about that, because so the band started with just the two of you, and it's still you know primarily the two of you for what it sounds like. And now, you're, is it now that you're starting to find co- more collaborators and people to work with, or? Yeah,
2: yeah. Creatively, we've always been a duo, so the writing is still a, a duo process, uh, just myself and Tim. But um, we've been touring as a trio for a couple of years now. And more recently, his quartet. The headline tour is going to be a five piece. Um, and so, yeah, it's um, it's really fun to create band recordings in the studio and be able to bring a band out on the road. Or doing the trio shows, it's fun and challenging in its own way. But we're all gonna like co- trying to cover a lot of yeah, trying to play a bunch of different things. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we've had um, the luck to find two producers um, who worked really well together. We worked with one of them on our previous record and, um, and the other guy mixed our previous record Neptune. And for this record, um, Oliver Hill, the one we used on Neptune um, produced all the tracks and Steve, the mixing engineer came in and, and co-produced half the tracks and having those minds uh, in the studio, on this record, um, having one on, under our belt already, and now moving forward, um, yeah, it's it's a huge asset. To us. I think
1: yeah. I think regarding the question about what are we, I think we are a, a committed band, uh, a duo committed to creating one sound with the two voices of, of Tim and Paul, you know, like, yeah, that's, that's the cornerstone of what we do. Um, and we feel that there's something greater happening and something that when we look back at our pre-existing catalog, we can see a consistency of sound in just the commitment to two voices, two perspectives, two humans, to creating one voice. And so with that in mind, once we kind of check that box, everything else becomes a lot less important on the production band members who else is around it like you can kind of you can you can contextualize that in a sort of uh indie acoustic bedroom hush hush sort of vibe or you can put that with a backing track that sounds like disco either way it'll be tall heights that's her feeling about it anyway. So yeah that's a really
0: good way of looking at it that like the core is the two of you and then everything else is kind of like you know the dressing on top and the additional exactly so you mentioned the headlining tour that's coming up and I know you have a super busy fall, you know, with this album coming out and the headlining tour. So so walk us through kind of what your schedule's like over the next few months. Like what are you what are you expecting
2: to do? We start out uh, in the northeast um, yeah, first show is on October 11th, we make our way out to the Midwest, and it's actually the first time we're doing like the full cross-country drive, we've played out west a ton of times, um, but we've never done like our own headlining tour where we drive straight across the country. Yeah. Um, so we're going out, you know, through um, through Denver and Salt Lake City to the northwest, Stopped in Vancouver as well, down the west coast, and then uh, November kind of brings us down through Texas and into the southeast and uh, we make our way home uh, in time for Thanksgiving. And then we just finish off the tour by December 1st in the Northeast. So it's like D.C., Philly, New York, and we end in Boston, which we're excited about. That's really. It's closing it out at home.
0: Yeah, where, where is home for
2: you guys? It's Boston. Boston, okay, yeah, right on, right on. So
0: you get to finish out in your hometown, which is always like the funnest thing to do because then at the end of the show, you just get to go home and sleep, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, to to be honest, we've been playing so many shows as the opening act and we have put so many years into this uh, pursuit, getting us from where we've been to where we are now, which is, you know, the creators of something that we think is really worthwhile and beautiful in in our next album. So being able to put those boots on the road and go out there and meet all the fans in all the different cities, that really is what means the most to us. So it's like, yes, of course, playing in Boston is really fun, but we're also looking forward to all those other cities just because it does feel like a moment of putting our flag in the soil in a, in a very
0: tangible way for the first time in a while. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And it's a like, that's sort of the best way to, to grow a band these days is to really like get out there and meet the people that are consuming your music, you know, rather than just kind of putting out videos or putting out products. Yeah. So. And, and, and like business
1: strategy aside,
0: it just means a lot to us personally. Yeah. I can imagine. You know, like uh, I was saying, it's like four in the afternoon right now, and there's already a handful of kids outside that are waiting for the show. And, you know, some of them got the tall heights shirts on too. So it's like, that's really cool that, you know, people are, are getting hip enough to, to wait in line for you. <laughs> you know, that like, how does that make you
2: feel? Yeah, we, we started out as street performers. And um, the idea of being able to travel to other cities and have people like come out to see us because they knew our music and and wanted to hear it live was like pretty pretty mind blowing to us. That was that was the singular dream. Yeah. Um, and so um, you know, getting to do that in a in a national way is, is a pretty incredible feeling. So how did the
1: two
0: of you
2: meet as like as street performers or?
1: We grew up together actually. Okay. Um, yeah, and. Uh, for a long time, I was sort of like the little brother. Uh, my older brother was really great friends with with his um, with with him. My yeah. older brother was his best friend, and right. so uh, so we've always been in each other's lives in one way or another uh, since like first grade. Um, and uh, yeah, we started singing together in the most meaningful way. street performing in 2010, uh, that was sort of like the aha moment for us Um, after years of singing in different groups and different capacities together. Once we were out on the street and we started noticing the way we could make people stop and sit and listen, that was the moment that we knew that there was something special and something worthwhile for us to kind of push out nationally.
0: Yeah, that's really
2: cool. So did you, so how long were you doing
0: street performing before you were like, all right, let's, let's do this?
2: We were doing it for three or four years, I mean, okay. just summer months, but yeah, we would go out there every day. We'd haul a PA out there, like way too bulky of a PA, like this huge, huge old uh, mixing board and like two heavy speakers and oh we my just gosh. like never really got hip to the, the you know, Dolly thing to like the right. gear. <laughs> right. Also because it's, it's Faneuil Hall Marketplace, which is kind of a big tourist hub and it's all these like really rough cobblestones oh yeah uh, maybe that's why but we would kind of like do this like heavy lifting workout hustle to get our stuff out there and plop ourselves down and yeah how long did you street perform um we did it for three or four years mostly in, in the summer months but we would go out there every day and uh and we'd lug this really heavy pa out there in the heat this huge mixing board and a couple heavy PA heads and, uh, and all our gear and a little suitcase with our CDs and, um, and, you know, initially cover songs were what got people to stop walking and to pay attention for a few seconds and maybe whatever, sign the email list or grab a CD. And so naturally yeah. we started doing that more and more and more. We're playing cover songs and that was productive and, you know, in a practice setting in a way, singing with each other. But, um, There's this one night where we were set up in the evening hours, sun had gone down and uh, at a certain hour all the kind of street lamps come on and um, the trees have lights on them and it's like this kind of little magical moment in the evening and we started playing our own songs and people stopped and they didn't just listen for a little bit. They sat down on the cobblestones and they kind of, yeah, it was like it became a real show. They sat on the steps, they sat on the ground and we played our own songs for Seventy-five minutes, and uh, and everybody just sat quietly and and listened, and that was a huge moment and a turning point for us um, to have the confidence to feel like our music was meaningful and and reaching people, and something that um, that was worth sharing with a wider audience if we could. Yeah, and that's really cool because, like, I feel like the street
0: performing thing is like the modern, like, city version of like the Beatles going to Hamburg and playing like four shows a day. You know, like it's a really unique way to like cut your teeth in you know in the industry and you get that immediate feedback from people that are like walking by and like you get to figure out what are people into and what not to, and I'd imagine, you know, I don't know that much about Boston, but uh, I'd imagine people, if you weren't good, Boston people are probably going to tell you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, actually, Boston people are are a very small slice of who's out there at, at Faneuil Hall Marketplace. It's a it's a tourist oh, yeah, center, like said, yeah, so yeah. people from all over the world. And I do think there's something really valuable about that binary reaction: either stop and listen or keep walking. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's not about finding out what they like. But actually, realizing your power as somebody with with a song and with an intention, and, and being able to to channel something out there in, a, in an energetic way, and I mean energetic, even in the most subtle of ways, uh, you learn the differences in the the shades of gray between um, between something that moves people and yeah. something that is just vaguely entertaining. And uh, we are mostly inter it, we are mostly interested in the thing that you know moves people emotionally. And yeah. so that's we, we kind of weeded through that and found the things that we, we we could do to to make people feel something.
0: That's a, that's a really good way of looking at it. So how does it how do you go from performing on the streets to uh, performing at, you know, live at Conan and headlining a tour and, and, and you know, where how did this how did this become the Tall Heights that we know now?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's just been a commitment to the sound through the years. Um, we believe in, in what we do and we we can see that there's something very unique and singular to the sound of our voices together. And uh, so when you have that sort of belief in something and, and uh, when you love it to that degree, which we do, um, you just connect the dots, you know, you wake up and you do the thing you need to do to get to the next show, to get to the next landmark and uh it comes slowly and then it comes all at once it's a weird weird world out there but yeah i think um i think the commitment to the sound is our sort of little secret
2: yeah yeah it's like you have a bad show you know it sucks it's not not easy to get through but um but that doesn't make us it doesn't like shake our confidence in what we're doing and similarly like getting to play on conan and you know hearing joe walsh say like don't change a thing. It's like amazing. <laughs> yeah. Totally amazing. But ultimately the thing that, um, that sustains us is, is, you know, conviction from within that, that we have something to share. That's what lasts. Yeah. And it's true. Cause that's like
0: nowadays with so much music coming out from everywhere and there's so many different places to get music that you really have to create that real emotional resonance to get people to, to keep, coming back to the song and keep coming back to your music and clearly you're doing something right because a lot of people are listening to tall heights now which is awesome to see you know thank you Mm -hmm. thanks so you know um so you have an album you have the album coming out next week um anything that you wanted to say to the the tampa listeners the cigar city radio crowd
1: Yes, please listen. To, please listen to the new album. I, that's why. That's why we do what we do. We we believe in the craft of making records. We believe in the the art the the art form of, of the, the um, that medium. Creating something. Um, with a sound, with a heartbeat, with a spirit and a story. So uh, of course I appreciate anybody listening to any of the singles out there. I appreciate anybody listening to any of our music because I believe in all of it, but uh, something that I, I just wish for the world is to sit down and listen to the album, Pretty Colors for Your Actions, from track one to the finish. Um, I think there's some, a, a unique experience in that. And, um, and uh, we built it that way, you know? So yeah. uh, that's... That's my wish. And, and then, of course, um, to, to hear it and then to realize that uh, in the album cover is a, is a request. There's the a, a pretty colors for your actions. So just like let these pretty colors be a part of their actions, either on a small scale when they're doing their day-to-day business, going to work, doing this, doing that, or on a larger scale, if they feel like they get, they've got something to do to change the world for the better let us accompany you on that. Let us dedicate our pretty colors to your actions.